TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome, everybody, to the Two Guys at a Mic Show for a beautiful midweek Wednesday hump day, if you will, here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. One hour of sports talk and more. We do it each and every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. One hour a day, five in total. I love saying that. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a, a great day out there yesterday. Interesting sports action to talk about. Everything from the NBA to the NHL. Yes, we have Stanley Cup Finals Hockey here in the fine city of Chicago and um, our baseball teams, which have been battling to um, keep up with mediocrity. It's about the best way we could put it for much of the early part of the baseball season. All of a sudden, one of our teams, the Chicago Cubs, seems to have broken out of that. Another good performance. They've won seven out of nine, so things looking up at least on the north side here in baseball. Our phone number, if you want to check in, uh, we... Always love to talk to the fine listeners out there, 888-463-6748. Our phone lines are open at your perusal, at your disposal. We are here to serve you. Speaking of disposal, what an intro that is. Speaking of disposal, I want to bring in my uh, co-host, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, who he's hurting because of a physical injury, but he's got to be healing because of a wonderful Cubs victory yesterday. His passionate, passionate love of the Cub. You had to be feeling it well, while you're, you're mending your bruises yesterday, Big Dog. That Ryan Dempster pitching performance, that had to be like uh, physical therapy, if nothing it, else. Yeah, you, you know what, Coach? And, and you're exactly right. And ever since there's been talk that they're going to put Zambrano back into the starting rotation, yes. I've noticed all the starters are afraid that they're the one that's going to go to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. So you don't put Carlos Zambrano back yet. $18 million a year as a ruse. All he does is he keeps uh, – Pinella will keep on saying whoever pitches poorly is going to be out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. I think like and a little, he, uh, he little friendly competition to increase the performance of players, huh? Yeah, and Zambrano doesn't throw another pitch the rest of the season, and he ends up becoming the Cubs' most effective pitcher because <laughs> of it. He's just a threat. Yes, yes. So that, that's threat. what's going to happen. Because ever since – I mean, it looks like Dempster's got his mojo back. And uh-huh. Zolani never lost it. Carlos Silva, that, the ball just keeps sinking. You know, yes. Hopefully, Ted Lilly keeps getting stronger with every outing because it's kind of like his spring training as we speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's basically what we have uh, Zambrano on the roster for, $18 mm-hmm. million dollars worth of uh, ambition. Hey, it's well worth it, $18 million to increase the performance not just of one player, but he's basically elevating the performance of five different starting pitchers. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Jim Hendry, Crane Kenny, Lou Piniella, who's ever responsible, they're all geniuses. Yeah, it, it's really it is it is a genius move, coach. And, and let's not rip Zambrano. You know, people might think he's overpaid, but eighteen million dollars doesn't go like it used to. No, I like Big Z for all the trials and tribulations and the ups and the downs. Something about Big Z, I still appreciate. Uh, let me ask you this, Big Dog. And again, our phone lines are open, here. we'll talk a lot of stuff on the two guys at a mic show today, including why the Big Dog is so sore. That's coming up in a. Uh, little bit, big NBA uh, victory for Phoenix yesterday. We got Stanley Cup Finals to talk about. Tons to get to one hour. Definitely not enough time to do it, but we'll do our best. Let me ask you this, as long as we're starting off with baseball, why is it that um, 
pitchers treat relief pitching or being sent from a starter to a relief pitcher with such trepidation uh, like it's a terrible thing? If it were me, I don't like sitting. To me, you know, starting would be cool, but but off for four or five. I'd rather be a bullpen guy and know when I come to the park, I want to pitch every day. Why is it that relief is considered such a bad thing for starters? Yeah, I guess the – you know, it, it isn't always considered that. Like, if, you, if you're the closer, oh, you're the stud. You got like a, a special role. But all of a sudden, if you're a setup guy, you yeah. know, kind of, kind of goes with mop up type duty. So mm-hmm. I mean, may, maybe that's the, the reason, coach. But to be honest with you, you know how I feel about relief guys. I, the, your relief pitchers are your most important part of your whole entire ball club. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't look at it as a, a demotion. I think it's the, okay. one of the most important parts of your whole entire franchise. Now, let and, me and whenever ask, I whenever I pick a team that's going to win the World Series, I look at their bullpen first and foremost. That's the first thing I do. Yeah, and the White Sox and Cubs, uh, much of their early season lack of success was uh, bore out that very same point that the bullpens uh, fell apart. Probably more so for the Cubs and the White Sox. But, oh, definitely, uh, definitely. It was it was the White Sox starting pitching that I think has been their biggest yeah. downfall so far this year. Yeah, we'll so. get to the White Sox in a second too. Disappointing performance again from uh, Jake Peavy, but. Um, let me ask you, last night, speaking of bullpenning specifically, I think you were at the game or watching from a nearby bar. Ryan Dempster, brilliant through eight innings. I didn't have the pitch count, but I am watching with my two eyes and, and watching a pitcher who was pretty much in a groove. Now, it worked out because Carlos Marmol got the save. So, all, you know, all's good in the end. But at the time, Big Dog, starting off the ninth inning, were you, uh, you know, they took out Dempster. He was in no trouble. They went to Marmol. Do you think that was a good move? Well, Coach, uh, I, I have to admit that I was also looking at my phone as I was riding the bike, but I wasn't watching the game. Okay. So part of the reason why I hit that car was the fact that I was looking at my phone. I'm okay. not going to text and bike anymore, okay? Mm-hmm. But, well, I, uh, I'll get to your accident in a second, but Dempster pitched a, a brilliant game through the eight and eighth inning. And, again, I don't have the pitch count, so that might be a factor. But to starting off the ninth, Carlos Marmol comes in. I just think, you know, you got a pitcher going good. Go with him. Then if he starts to struggle a little, you make the change. And, Coach, the most important thing is winning the game. That's first and foremost winning the game. But also, I think if you got a shutout going, I have no problem trying to send Dempster out there to try to keep the shutout. If it mm-hmm. was 4-1 instead of 3 nothing, I can understand bringing Marmol in in the same exact situation. If you got a pitcher going for a shutout, let him go out there and get it. And, you know, I remember Dempster a couple times going out in the ninth inning since he's been a Cub, going for a shutout, and he always got it. I, you know, I, so I would have sent him out there and also give another day off for Marmol, who all of a sudden they're starting to use. The not, it, was like, it was like three or four weeks ago. I mean, they any chance they could get to get him in, they were actually they're putting him in the game. And now it's like maybe they need to save his arm a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I would have definitely sent Dempster back out there for well, the ninth I, inning. I tell you what, having said that, though, after playing the devil's advocate, I'll reverse the curse and say <laughs> it worked out pretty darn good. Carlos Marmol rapidly becoming one of the best closers in baseball. His confidence level, big dog. That's what he, you know, he always had the uh, superb fastball. But his confidence level now, his command of his off-speed stuff, he has become one of the better closers in baseball. He just, uh, you know, he didn't make me lose any more hair yesterday. It's just uh, one, two, three, put him down nice and easy, shake the hands of Giovanni Soto, and let's go home. He's turned in to one of the best closers in baseball. Uh, that's excellent, Coach. You're exactly right. His slider is nasty. Yep. He's locating. Yeah, it's the fact that he's, if he doesn't walk anybody, no one's going to hit him. Like, he's one of those guys, just throw strikes, Carlos, because no one's going to hit your stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, like, I dare you to hit it type stuff. That's what he's got to get that attitude. And when he does, 
he will be uh, one of the best closers in the game of baseball right now, Coach. I mean, it, nobody's nobody's throwing the ball better than him in the closer uh, slot right now in the whole game. Mm-hmm. The only person in the game of baseball throwing the ball anything like him, like the converted uh, catcher that Carlos Marmol is, the converted shortstop that the, the White Sox have, Sergio Santos, who isn't the closer. But, my goodness, he's got good stuff like Marmol does. Love that guy, Sergio Santos. He needs to pitch more. All right, so Cubs win. Three to nothing. Uh, Cleveland knocked off the White Sox seven to three. We'll get into our MLB recap and some of the other stuff. But first of all, speaking of uh, getting hit, we talk about getting hit in baseball. Big dog. We talked to you on the show yesterday. You were doing a little uh, TV webcast appearance down at the Skybox near Wrigley Field. Apparently, on the way back home, you. Got yourself hit riding a bicycle. Explain a por favor. Yeah, well, it was funny because I did the show riding my bike yesterday. I thought it was funny, and I was being totally yep. aware of everything that was going. I was being a lot more cautious than you might think, Coach. You know, I wasn't just, yep. you know, well, on, on the way home, phone rings, and I, I grab the phone while I'm riding the bike. Now, this is and, 10, and o'clock, at t- it. 10 o'clock at night, correct? Yes. You know, so put you're... the phone back in my pocket, and right when that's happening, I'm crossing Indian Trail Road, and I clip the back end of a car, and I went over the back end of, like, the trunk of the car. And wow. It was completely and utterly my fault. Uh, you know, I, I act like, oh, I got hit. Well, I was the one that was totally and completely wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday, so... Um, so you literally went... my buddy uh, oh, Russell. He came. Uh, he he got a bunch of ice for me, and he's gonna take care of me. So I got bruises on top of bruises on my leg. Love Russell. So, Russell's a good man. My uh, butt hurts the worst, but luckily I was wearing a helmet, so everything's all right. Coach. So amongst the many bruises that you have, the Batako region is the one that's most sore. Yes, it definitely. And somehow though, the strap on my helmet yep. flung off. So I can't. I can't find like the strap because I hit the ground pretty hard, and uh, like the back of my phone is missing. It it, it was it was a crazy situation. I just I, I'm just happy that nothing worse happened to me, Coach. Mm-hmm. Is all I'm saying. Uh, so I just I, I'm just I'm blaming myself. I was uh, completely unaware. I shouldn't have been answering my phone, and here I am now. And I really, really, really am sore. Is the only way I can tell you, buddy. This is, Coach, I, I have definitely felt better. I feel like I've played a football game. I don't know if we can feel your pain. I don't think anybody can feel your pain right now. The morning after uh, taking a bicycle tumble like that, but uh, maybe we can empathize or at least attempt to with the pain you are feeling. Paint a picture right now. Are you doing the show vertical? What what horizontal angle are you at right now? About forty five, maybe up to up seventy degree angle, or are you straight horizontal? Well, I, I'm I'm up on the couch. Okay. We got like this really nice uh, ottoman. I got my feet up. It's you know it's good. I got I'm gonna get some ice on the on my legs again here in a minute, and and the ice I'm really gonna need because uh, you know I thought my air conditioning going out was the worst thing that could happen to me mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Well, I'm not really worried about the air conditioning right now. I'm gonna be sweating all day in the house. But... Wait a minute, your three thousand dollar repaired air conditioning system from last year is going out already? Oh, uh, that was uh, that was the furnace that blew up. And now, the, after the first time I've used the... Uh, okay, the furnace blew up the yep. last day we needed the furnace. Okay, ah. so I, I had basically, right when I started getting on my feet financially, the furnace blows out. Okay, uh-huh. and luckily I had a couple roommates that have that have let and let, uh, let Brian and I some money to, you know, pitch in and, and uh, save uh, and get the furnace. Well, guess what, Coach? I'm not kidding you. That was the last day we needed the furnace all, all year. I'm not kidding you. Okay. The first day we put on the air conditioning... <laughs> Air conditioner blowout. Oh, oh! 
So I, I got bills on top of bills wow. on top of bills. This is, I mean, wow. this is unbelievable, Coach. But uh, to be honest with you, I, I really could care less about the air conditioner. Right? I'm just happy that I'm going to be. I can limp around right now. Yeah. I really can't put any weight on my left leg, but uh, yeah. I, it's, I know it's not broken. I know what a broken bone is, and that's not it. So 10, it o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, you're bicycling. You go, you hit the back of a car, and you go flying off the bicycle. Suddenly, the fact air conditioning is not working is not so uh, prevalent. No, yes. no. And, and, and I figure I knew I was going to be cool because I'm going to have to put ice all over my body all day long. Mm-hmm. So. Well, this is impressive. David Olson, I want this uh, noted to our uh, general manager, commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, that, you know, uh, uh, we talk bravery in sport, and it came very much to the forefront in the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, but Duncan Keith losing seven teeth, getting a puck to the mouth, getting shot up with Novocaine, misses a couple of shifts, back out in the game. I mean, just unfathomable. Everybody's talking about it now. Here in Chicago, we have another tremendous sports moment of bravery. Is Joe Redwanski arguably one of the more respected Chicago sports talk hosts? I guess arguably you could say very arguably. <laughs> That's a damn lie, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a tumble the night before ten o'clock at night off his bicycle, almost kills him. So he got body bruises from top to bottom, particularly bottom, we might add. And here you are at ten o'clock the next morning, propped up in a couch with Russell rubbing your groin, and you're doing the show. That's impressive. Very uh, impressive. No. Russell just handed me some ice. He isn't doing any rubbing of any groin. Maybe his own, but definitely not mine. If if he isn't now, he should be in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, all kidding aside, though, we appreciate your finding a way to do the show today. Well, I did. Luckily, I had a helmet on. (laughs) If I didn't have a helmet on, I'm going to tell you this straight up right now, I would not be doing the show today. Yes. Okay. Honestly, Coach, I would not be doing the show today if I was not wearing a helmet. Yep. Anybody out there thinks, you know, riding your bike and everything is safe, everything is good, and you don't wear a helmet. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't come fate. I have no idea what it was. Because, you know, my mom, like, that was my birthday gift. Was, uh, you know, she's one. She's like, you know what? I want to buy you a bike for your birthday. Because I always did ride around on a bike. She's like, you know what? That's the nicest birthday gift my mom has given me in, like, 20 years. Uh-huh. And she got a helmet with it. She's like, I'm buying you a helmet more than I'm buying you a bike. So that was, I was like, that was a really nice birthday gift. And, you know what? If my mom didn't buy me that helmet right now, I would not be doing the show. Okay? You'd be like, why isn't Joel called in? You know what I mean? And I would have been flatlining somewhere, Coach. So mm-hmm. anybody out there who thinks you're too cool to ride a, to wear a helmet when you're riding a bicycle, don't. Sir, you have no idea when a car is going to come out of nowhere. And it was my fault. I'm going to remind you, Coach. I'm not going to – I yep. have to take full responsibility for this. Yep. I was I was not being aware when I was mm-hmm. riding the bike. Right. It was my fault. Well, but so- still, if it's – it, it, I could have easily been hit many other times. That who knows what happened. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some some of the uh, the schools are out. Some kids are out of school listening to our program now. Hopefully, they take that safety advice to heed. And we appreciate your uh, uh, mentioning that big deal and taking responsibility for the accident. Most important, we hope you uh, are feeling better. And it's good. I know it's going to be a day to day thing. Those bruises will not mend easily. And I will tell you this: the older you get, like if you would have had the same injury, but Ten years from now, at age forty-five, you would not be doing the show today. On the other hand, if you would have had the spill back when you were twenty-five, you'd probably be up and about working today. So, uh, age is a factor when you fall, also. Yes, this is yep. this is definitely true. But I I, I, I mean this. I'm always going to stay physically fit, and I'm always going to work out and take really good care of myself. And I guarantee you, if I didn't take as good a care of myself as mm-hmm. I do. I'd also be a, a lot worse, Coach. Okay. How are your uh, award-winning calf muscles? Did your calf muscles come out of it okay? And we have my calf muscles are fine, but my right. shin 
Oh my goodness, my shins hurt. Uh, that's my shins, my my left ankle. Okay. I don't know how I hit my left ankle to be honest with you. I, I and because it's the inside of my ankle that hurts the most. I can't explain why the inside of my ankle hurts as much as it does. Mm-hmm. And and my shoulder is killing me. My wrist is absolutely tore up. My hands basically don't have any skin on them. And uh, my butt is just killing me. I don't know how. I'm thinking about where all the bruises. I'm trying to like go over how it happened. And I kind of like did a like face over tumble and like flip, you know what I'm mean? because I did remember seeing up in the air and I was still on my bike. I for some reason I think I was still on my bike. This was, it was so quick because the bike landed on top of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, Coach. All I know is my butt hurt. But you did. You did in fact go airborne. Yes. Okay. That is one thing is for certain. I was definitely airborne. <laughs> you had you had some hang time. Well, I, thank, thank goodness you can at least laugh about it a little bit. Anybody that wants to uh, send the big dog some good wishes, some thoughts, uh, you can do it via the email, and he would be uh, very much appreciative to get those. This will be laid up the next couple of days. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, mike 2 guysaolcom Big dog, we feel for you, my friend. Um We'll take a quick break, see if you can recuperate a little bit. Now, I don't know if you were able to watch much sports action, but there was good stuff last night, including including uh, my prediction before the NBA playoffs started, the Phoenix Sun and the Boston Celtic. It's not that far from becoming reality, Big Dog. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. The Suns have really made it a series. The first two games of that series looked like it was over with. It was, you know, and then all of a sudden, the Suns played some spectacular offense again last night. So. Came downstairs this morning uh and uh, saw my wife making eggs for the uh, kids for breakfast. And in the morning light with the sunshine coming in, Big Dog, she looked just a little, for a brief moment, like Phoenix Sun backup guard Leonardo Barbarossa. Oh, I thought you were going to say Drazic. Well, that would work, too. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Big Dog will ice up a little bit with his good friend, uh, Russo, helping him out over there. David Olson, our fine producer today. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. Two guys. One mic and a sore co-host. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com apparently big dog cinemax cindy your favorite emailer felt sorry for you and she emailed in her uh apparently she says she's a nurse i don't know if she's just saying that or if she wants to play one right now but she uh, emailed in uh, this little uh, thoughtful ditty if you will and it is okay. a, a nurse at the beginning of a shift, 
a nurse at the beginning of her shift places her stethoscope on an elderly and slightly deaf female patient's anterior chest wall. Big breaths, instructed the nurse. Well, thank you. They used to be, replied the patient. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cinemax Cindy sending it in via Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. MIC and the number two. Back in the uh, two guys at a Mike show. It's our bad joke for the day. I think it's going to be a tradition. We're going to have one bad joke each and every day. I well, I'll if, be more than happy to take care of that, Coach. Yeah, I figure if we have a bad joke, it'll make us sound that much better, Big Dog. Yes, exactly. There's always an excuse. Yes. All right. Uh, and again, David Olson, our producer. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. Uh, right before the break, we talked a little NBA basketball. I know we got NHL finals coming, but uh, that game's not until Saturday. We haven't talked a lot of NBA down to the Final Four. Everybody was writing in the L.A. Lakers, big dog, but uh, you might want to keep that eraser handy just in case the Phoenix Suns have come back and won not one and not two. And you know what? Last night, they looked like they own the Lakers. Yeah, you, you know what? I, I didn't write him in after the first two games in L.A. where the Lakers went up two nothing. I wrote him in before the series even started. You know, I just didn't think that uh, the Suns could play any lick of defense uh, to make it competitive. But you know, they've been able to play just enough defense, and their offense is just spectacular to watch. So I'm glad that we actually have a series. You know, hopefully the Magic can make it a series too with the with the mm-hmm. Celtics in, in Game Five. That's gonna, you know, we'll see if that actually happens, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad uh, that the Suns made it because they're, they're a really fun team to watch. So I, I, uh, just watching how beautiful Steve Nash runs and runs the offense and how they orchestrate it is, is really cool. So hopefully, uh, when the, the Suns can actually steal one out the Staples at the Staples Center, but I, I don't think they're going to be able to. Coach, we'll see. Ah, we will see indeed. By the way, speaking of the other matchup, Orlando and Boston Celtics jumped out to a 3-0 lead. Orlando stole one at the Boston Garden's last game, but. Uh, if you watch the end of Game 4, the Celtics lost for the first time, Big Dog. Boston definitely looked old. I mean, that game went overtime, and you could barely get Paul Pierce and Ray Allen off the bench. The Celtics starting to look old. I don't know if it's going to catch up to them, but the age starting to show. Well, you know what? Maybe uh, the, the Magic can actually take advantage of that, okay? Because, you know, looking old for one game that goes into overtime, you know, that's one thing. But, you know, looking the whole series is another. And I can see how the the Celtics got a little complacent after going up uh, 3 nothing. You know, you're at home. You probably just think that the Magic are going to lay down like they did the, like the first couple games. But they didn't, to their credit. And they came out and they played, they played awesome, and they were able to overcome a lot of adversity in that, in that fourth game. So I, I'm really hoping that the, they win, the, win game five because and I, there's there's something cool about game sixes and game sevens in, in sports, and I, I, I would hate to see the Magic just roll over like it appeared they did in game three, Coach. Yeah, in other words, we don't even care who wins, but as a sports fan, you want to see the drama of a game six or game seven. I would tend to agree with you on that angle. Same thing would hold true for Phoenix and L.A. It would be fun to, if Phoenix could push it to a six game or maybe even back at L.A. for game seven, pressure on the Lakers. That could be a, an interesting matchup, fun to watch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I... I don't know what it is, but it really just seems like the, the home team just has a, a gigantic edge in that Suns Lakers series. Mm-hmm. So uh, on, on that one, uh, it's, if, do you think that the Suns even have a chance of stealing a, a game in the Staples Center? Yes, I hope you're right. Yeah, I, I just picked it. You know, oh, what am I? I'm not a rocket scientist. I have I, I bet and make predictions based on hunches. Ninety-two point four percent of the time, I'm wrong. But just when the playoffs started, I had watched Phoenix play. You know, a week before, a couple of weeks before, and it's just they look like they had that little bit of edge, like you said, offensively. They're unbelievable. And Steve Nash, 
I'm sorry, the more you watch him play, the more amazing he is. We were talking about nurses and doctors. Steve Nash is basically a basketball surgeon, right? The, yeah, the defense absolutely. of the the defense of the other team is his patient. His dribbling and passing and ball handling is his scalpel, and nobody can dissect the defense like Steve Nash. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it. I mean, it's it is like it, see, to me, it's a little bit more beautiful than just uh, than just being the, like the the surgeon and him taking apart. It, it's like I don't know, it's like a painting the way he does it. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. He just sees everything on yes. the court, and it's just effortless. Mm-hmm. You know and. You know, some people say he's not athletic and all that. Those people are crazy. That guy's a really, really, really good athlete. Yeah, he is, but you look at him physically, and it's just amazing that he could be so good in the NBA because basically he looks like, you know, if you didn't know who Steve Nash was, he could pass you in the grocery store, and you would think he's, uh, you know, probably a real estate agent for Koenig and Stray. Yeah, if you if somebody would have said, hey, that guy's an athlete, you would have gone to the yeah. X Games? Yeah. Was he a skateboarder? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll see. But yeah, the answer to your question, I do think Phoenix can pull off the upset. I, if if you're going to ask me to bet on my life, I'd still pick the Laker. But uh, I think Phoenix absolutely has a shot to pull one out. It's going to be uh, interesting to watch. And don't forget, as the games go on, the pressure starts to mount for the favorite team, the LA Lakers. Oh, absolutely. Let's face it. Right now, Magic. Everybody wrote up money right now. I mean, it's. I mean, it's easy to say how it's funny when it's there, uh, the line, but you, you know what? It's, right now, there's all the pressure in the Celtics and the Lakers. They are the ones that are supposed to not, they were supposed to win this series before it started, and then after the first couple of games, they were written in as the, the eventual NBA Finals. So mm-hmm. we'll see if they can live up to it. Hey, real quick, while we're on the NBA and uh, the cell phone breaking up a little bit, and as you know, Big Dog breaking up is awfully hard to do. But yes, uh, hopefully we can stay with you here. Okay, real quick comments on the NBA coaching carousel, if you will. Mike Brown, fired by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Good guy, but I think it was time for change. Tom Thibodeau being offered a job by Michael Jordan, Charlotte Bobcat, and finally Phil Jackson uh, stating rather succinctly and rather uh, distinctly, I should say, that he is not interested in the Chicago Bulls or any other job uh, Hop on board and take a ride on the coaching carousel. Yeah, with Phil Jackson, I'm really not. You know, I. By the way, let's just face the truth. If he was interested in the Chicago Bulls job, he wouldn't be saying it. He wouldn't say it was, and just the fact that he came out and was like not interested at all. He needs to concentrate on somehow defeating the Phoenix Suns and slowing down Steve Nash and Nash and those guys. So yes. I'm not taking any of that to heart. Okay, so you, want to leave. so you think if a few free agents might come the way it's possible down the road, Uncle Phil could come back? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out just okay. because he said he wouldn't. That's, okay. that's, that's, that's my point. Very good. And and then with this whole tip thing, it will, what the, I know with NFL, you can't talk to a coach until after the they're out of the playoffs. Yes. So what is it in the NBA? Is Thibodeau going to be able to continue to coach with the Celtics? Or if, if oh, he yeah. signs he, with the Bobcats, does that mean he has to leave? No, absolutely not. He could sign with the Bobcats and still finish out his coaching position. I have not read the NBA coaching rulebook and regulations, page 4, section 3, article 2, section 5, but uh, my general knowledge would say that's not a problem. Okay. Yeah, no tampering there. Right. Well, I'm not saying there was tampering. Just uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure exactly how that works. Like yeah. with if you would have to leave the Boston Celtics right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they'd probably still be able to beat the Magic and, and go on without the guys for a couple of games. But you know, he he's if he's this good of a coach, if he's as dominant yes. 
and as a great defensive mind as he supposedly is, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to lose that guy before you had to face uh, the Lakers in the finals, which I'm or the the Suns, which could, you're no. really going to have to be locked down on defense if you have to play that team. No, and so. it wouldn't be right, and, and hopefully the rule would state that it's not because it would be a shame for a, a vital part of that team you get to the championship and not have that vital part because of a technicality in the rules. Let me ask you this, Tom Thibodeau, an assistant coach uh, for the Bulls fans. If the Bulls did hire a guy like that, let's say they got – a big-time free agent, and they had legitimate championship aspirations. Okay, You're going to get some controversy if you bring a Tom Thibodeau in. The positive side would be, hey, this guy's well-respected. He's one of the top assistant coaches. It's his time to take the next step up. Uh, you know, And how do you become a great head coach? You got Someone's got to give you the first opportunity. The negative people would say, hey, we just picked up LeBron. We just picked up Bosch. We're on the verge of championship. we got to get a guy that's proven here. And this guy has not won anything, blah, 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 blah. Which side of the coin or would you lie somewhere in between in that argument? You know what? Uh, Phil Jackson was a, was a new hire yep. when, uh, when the Bulls picked him up. And in his second season, he, he started a run with the Bulls where they won championships in nine years with him as head coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and two of those years, Michael Jordan either didn't play all, at all in the playoffs or had just gotten back for 17 games. Okay, so... Uh, the point of the matter is the best coach in the world might not even have an NBA job yet. So I don't know. So everybody willing to write somebody out just because they don't have experience is, is, is an absolute joke. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I do want Avery Johnston. I, I want him. I, that, Love that guy. I want them to take. Love that guy. Uh, more than, than Thibodeau, I would want Avery Johnston. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would prefer them to get somebody with some legitimate experience. But it, just because the guy doesn't have experience does not mean he doesn't. He can't coach. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been there before, too, in the everyday work world. How frustrating is it when you don't get hired for a job because you don't have any experience? People keep hearing that over, well, how do I get experience if you don't hire me? So to a lesser extent, what happens in the NBA and professional sports, the everyday person can relate to it, too. I think we've all been in that frustrating, I guess you would call it the Job version of a catch twenty two. Well, coach, I didn't have any experience when when you picked me up on the show. I didn't either. Well, you were on the score, huh? Eh. You were on the score beforehand, weren't you? Yeah, that doesn't count. Uh, good point. Good point. It's the score. <laughs> it wasn't an actual game. No, no, so. the station was fine. The fact that we were on Saturday nights at two o'clock in the morning—that was the problem. I, I could imagine the call-ins you got on that show. Oh my Actually, goodness! Actually, some great, some great people on overnight radio. I take, I, you know, I kid, but they were wonderful, wonderful people, and eight uh, percent of them were actually sober. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. The people actually like work in like parking lot attendants yes. and like uh, overnight, you know, shifts at the hospital and stuff like that. Those were probably some pretty good phone calls. But you know, I, I, I have called into into talk shows drunk before, and <laughs> I, not exactly my best phone calls. So that's for me to put it, coach. <laughs> What do you tape and listen back and critique yourself? Well, back in the day when I was trying to break in, I would call up different shows and uh-huh. you know do different voices and do different characters, you know. And then you know then I broke in and I quit doing that kind of stuff. Oh uh, boy, do we have any highlight? Maybe you could put a best of tape together of, of my drunken moments on on radio back in the uh, late 1990s. Yeah, what the heck for you know a boring dark winter night in Chicago? It could be a nice CD <laughs> to play for you and the wife on a cozy Friday night. Yeah, well, hopefully, well, for whose wife, Coach? Oh, whatever. Okay. I'm open to suggestions. 
<laughs> Maybe one day I'll actually find a wife. Yes, indeed. 888-463-6748. I have no question that you will, Big Doe. No question about it. You are the second most eligible bachelor related to this show. The most eligible one, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. But had a, a very embarrassing moment. I took it personally to Mark Harmon. You know Mark, good friend. Used to co-host the show. Yeah. Right? Apparently, and I found this information out via Facebook, uh, that, you know, he's out in Kansas City now doing pre and post. They invited him down in the field to put on the hot dog costume, you know, those races they do between innings? Yeah. yeah. So he was going to be the hot dog version. He was racing, I think, against a sausage and a ketchup bottle, something like that. Maybe it was a hot dog, a mustard, and a ketchup bottle. I found out yesterday that Mark Carmen, who'd been training for this thing, a very good athlete, quality softball player, quality basketball, he got beat. He was defeated, our ex-co-host, shockingly, Big Dog, the ketchup bottle. Beat the hot dog. Mark Carmen went down the defeat to a freaking ketchup bottle. He's, you know how many people in Chicago have, will disown him now because of the hot dog and ketchup yeah. thing? Well, I don't know if I'm going to disown him, but I just oh, no, 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 you're not. I'm not because I, I don't I don't mind putting ketchup on a hot dog. I don't think it's a, a sin like other. But there's, there's 80 percent of the people in Chicago will never speak to Carmen again because he lost it, it, just because it was the ketchup bottle and he was a hot yeah, dog coach. It was just if a, it was a hamburger, people might be able to deal with it. But yeah. people are lunatics about that particular rule. Shocking, absolutely shocking, very very disturbing. But uh, hopefully Mark will recuperate from that embarrassment. Yeah, uh, somehow I think he'll he'll manage, coach somehow. Nice. All right, hey, real quick, uh, we have a special guest, but we got to get to him. Or we don't have him online. We're trying to get a hold of him. Um, real quick, I want to. Okay, I want to bring up some topics um, that we have not got to, including the uh, Indy 500 coming up, the French Open, some little titillating tidbits and news and notes, and we want to bring in a guest too. So, uh, big dog, hang in. We're gonna take a quick break. You okay over there? You icing up? Yeah, I'm icing up, Coach. I got my foot in the bucket right now. Okay, once I'm again. Like, I'm like Aramis Ramirez with my foot in the bucket. Yeah, well, people that are just tuning in, when he says foot in the bucket, now he's not ready to pass away. But if you're just checking in, the big dog did have a uh, bicycle accident, as in he's riding bicycle, got hit by a car, got thrown off bicycle. So he is resting very uncomfortably at home as we speak. Ice up a little bit, big dog. We'll take a quick break. 888-463-6748, the phone number. If you want to check in, we'd love to hear from you. Good wishes to the big dog. Go to the front of the phone lines.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Back on the two guys at a mic show again. Thank you so much for joining us here midweek Wednesday hump day in the fine city of Chicago. Our producer David also working overtime on the other side of the glass. We got a special guest that's going to be joining us in just a bit. If you're a hockey fan, he has got a commemorative gift that is available that you're going to want to hear about. And the nice thing about it is when you purchase it, all the money goes to a good charitable foundation. We'll talk to him a little bit about that. We'll reconnect. With the big dog, in the meantime, real quick, a little MLB recap from yesterday. Uh, we already talked about the Cubs. Brilliant pitching performance by Ryan Dempster, winning 3 to nothing. Derek Lee provided all the offense they needed. Home run and a base hit. Two-run HRD Lee coming out of that slump. Uh, Dempster, by the way, seven strikeouts, one walk, three hits. Awfully good. Awfully good for Ryan Dempster, a bulldog of a pitcher out there. Jake Peavy, not so good. For the uh, Chicago White Sox, he loses the ball game seven to three. Alexi Ramirez got a couple of doubles, and some guy named Mitch Talbot beat the White Sox. But apparently, the guy named Mitch Talbot's pretty good pitcher. He's got six wins on the season. Boston knocked off Tampa Bay two nothing. Big Poppy with a homer. Johnny Lester gets the win. Texas knocked off KC eight to seven. Vladimir Guerrero with a couple of home runs. Uh, My big... goodness, is he killing the ball right now, Coach? We People got you back. He was washed up. I thought we lost you for a minute there. We got oh, you no, back. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still uh, here, Coach. I heard I just, noise in the I, background. I, I wasn't sure uh, if you were doing house cleaning or what. But, yeah, Vladdy Guerrero is um, – his day – you think he's a Hall of Famer? Um, Coach, oh, that's a, that's, that's, I can't even believe you brought that up because I was debating that with somebody yesterday. Um, would, you, would you think uh, most 500 home run guys that uh, don't have a cloud of uh, steroid suspicion would be in? Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, I would, and I'll add to it and say I'm not. I I, I don't fully go by statistics. We've had this discussion before. When okay. it comes to Hall of Fame, I go by the feel. I go by the um, the story of the man. Yeah, and the, and the domination of the guy. And you know, many guy. You know me. I this guy should not be, and he shouldn't be. in. Vladimir Guerrero, in the years I've been watching baseball, at least the last fifty, he arguably is as good. And this is a strong statement. Is as good a hitter as I've ever. Seen. So yes, you know I think what his he, career batting average is, coach. I'm going to guess 321. Wow, it's 322. I mean, if you hit 322 for a career, yep. even in the even in this offensive era, yep. and you have end up because he's going to end up with 500 home runs. He's around 420 to 430 right now. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. and there was a point. I know he can barely run right now, and he's not a good defensive outfielder. But there was a point where he had the best arm in baseball and was an above average fielder. Mm-hmm. So he was the all round package. He was uh, to me, without a doubt, I, I believe he's a Hall of Famer if he continues for another two or three years at the pace that he's at. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Mr. Guerrero, for those nice comments. The big dog and the coach <laughs> with you right up until uh, eleven o'clock Central Time, ten to eleven here on. Um, do it each and every day, five days a week, one hour a day, five, and Toto here in the TalkZone.com. Right now, Big Dog, we want to welcome in, if you will, a special guest. He has joined us on our radio program. I think this might be the first time, maybe the second on our Internet show here, two guys at a mic. He used to be way back, way back, way back when, the PR marketing director of the Chicago Cubs. I think he's had like 36 different jobs between then and now. But uh, he has got a special commemorative hockey 
gift that we uh, want to offer to the fans out there. It's our good friend Bob Ibach joining us on the show. Robert, how are you? Hey, Coach and Big Dog. It's nice to be with you guys again. I always enjoy being on with you. And uh, Yeah, I've probably had about 36 different jobs, and that's why I'm losing all my hair these days. Yeah, well, Big Dog's had 42, so between the two of you, you're averaging about 38.5 jobs in the last five years. I'll tell you years. what. Well, you know I, I'm also the owner of the Continental Baseball League. I've had that league going. It's a professional independent league for wow. about, oh, five years now with, remember, Jay Johnson? Or Fergie Jenkins. Yes, uh, they're all involved with me, and that's been a, a big uh, a big uh, source of what we've been doing the last few years. But I still have my public relations uh-huh. company that I've had going on now 16 years oh, wow. since I left the Cubs. You're and, the uh, owner of a league. Yeah, the owner of a league. How do you buy a league? And all like, the headaches that come with it, man. <laughs> I'd like to buy a league. My, me and Joel have talked about that. We were sitting around having a beer the other day, and we said, let's you know, it'd be nice to buy a league. Forget about a team. I'd like to buy a league. How does one? Yeah, but Bob, he wanted to buy a roller derby league. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter what league. I just hey. like to be the owner of a league. You know what? It wouldn't be bad to have a roller derby league. There'd be residual uh, effects, no doubt. That's right. <laughs> how do you? No, we're, how, we're having a lot of fun with that. But you know, when I think about my career and I go back, and I remember John McDonough, who was the president, of course, of the of the Blackhawks, and yep. it kind of ties into what we're doing here. And uh, we are just so proud of what uh, what the Hawks have done, and and obviously the Flyer. I've got connections to both through through Jay Blunk and John McDonough over with the Blackhawks, who I worked with when I was with the Cubs, and I covered the Philadelphia Flyers back in their heydays back in the seventies for a newspaper in Philly when they were the Broad Street Bullies. Mm-hmm. So I've seen both of these organizations. I think it's going to be an outstanding Stanley Cup uh, Finals. I think it's going to be just a good, a really really solid one. I wouldn't be surprised to see it go uh, six or seven games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and end in a dramatic way because I think both of these clubs are pretty equal, even though the Flyers had the inferior record during the regular season, uh, and and they had a, if you remember they had to get in a a, a, a shootout or I wasn't a shootout but it was a fine oh, it was yeah. an overtime win on the yep. final day of the season against yep. the New York Rangers to even make the playoffs. Yeah, they yeah. Yeah. Their and, underdog story is amazing, and uh, I was talking to the big dog yesterday making that. Same statement about what this playoffs will be, Bob. And, again, I don't think these are the two best teams that have ever played in the Stanley Cup playoff, but I think the matchup from an excitement level I think uh, might be one of the better ones in recent years. Oh, yeah. I mean, Philly fans, having lived and worked in that city, they're just, you know, they're they're crazy. I mean, they love their Flyers. They always have. They've been very, very loyal and supportive. And the same can be said of the Blackhawk fans. Even Mm -hmm. through the lean years under the, the old man Wurtz, uh, they they did you know a lot of them defected a little bit but the hardcore group stayed there and so you're right it's going to be a really good series and we've got something here if if, if yes. folks listening in today I uh, I'm working with the Make a Wish Foundation on this and uh, this is something you may want to grab a piece of paper or a pen because I'm going to give out a special toll free number and a website in just a moment if you want to get your hands on something that's not really costly it's thirty nine ninety five you get a two puck hockey puck set. For either one of the ball clubs, uh, the, the Hawks will have their colorful logo on one of them with a, some history of, of the Stanley Cups that they have won over the years and their conference championships and so forth listed on one side of that puck, and it's very, very colorful. The second puck that comes in the set is a salute to their season. It's kind of a, uh, it, it'll give a summation of all their playoff runs, who they beat, the, the scores of the games and the series all listed on that other puck, and you get both of those pucks in a beautiful acrylic display case. Mm-hmm. If you're a Flyers fan, it's the same thing. We've got the uh, the Flyers puck that represents their great history and, and the other Stanley Cups that they've won, uh, including those those two that uh, that they had back in the 70s when I covered the ball club. And uh, then also they have on the second puck 
a salute to their season, and it's been an amazing run and includes that great come from behind when they were down three games to nothing against the Bruins. So you can get these for thirty nine ninety five. The proceeds benefit the Make a Wish Foundation. We're trying to get probably about twenty wishes granted for these kids in both cities that have life threatening medical conditions. And if you want to order these, there's two ways you can get them. Uh, there's a toll free number you can call. It's one eight hundred three four five two eight six eight. And again, that's toll free one eight hundred three four five twenty eight sixty eight. If you want to go online and see them, they're very colorful. Uh, you can go out and check them, and you can see the display case with them at a, uh, a website. It's nikosports.com, and that's spelled N-I-K-C-O sports.com. So we're hoping folks will respond. We'll order a lot of these uh, during the uh, Cup Series coming up. And uh, we've been able to raise close to $2 million now just in the last four years for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So it's just a great organization that I first joined when I uh, was with the Chicago Cubs during the 1980s. We used to bring some of the Wish kids out to Wrigley Field for special events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's so many great charities around. That's one of the long-standing ones and truly, truly one of the great ones that we've uh, heard about and had our heart warmed many times watching some of the different uh, uh, kids. Enjoy. Yeah, they, they they are really special. I mean, I yeah. remember the very first when I was in training with the Cubs. We were out there in 1981. That's and Make a Wish started this the year before. And I remember mm-hmm. the very first wish ever granted was to an eight year old boy who wanted to be become a police officer for a day. And that was the first wish granted. And since that time, uh, Make a Wish is probably there are over 800,000 wishes that they've granted for youngsters around the mm-hmm. uh, country and the world. Joe, what was the one recently where a kid? Uh... It made the ESPN highlights and everything. He actually got to, was it to flip a coin? or? Yeah, he was a flipping a coin. And uh, yeah, it, 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 some of these wishes that these kids have, Coach, are just amazing. I mean, uh, we had a youngster want to be a manager for a day with the Chicago Cubs, mm-hmm. and he wrote to me when I was there. And I went to Jim Fry, our manager at the time, and I suggested to Jim, I said, you know, we're not doing that too good. This is in the late part of the 85 season. I said, what have we got to lose by letting a, a nine-year-old come on in here? And they got the starting lineup. So he said, okay, give it a shot. And he put Sandberg in the fourth spot. Yeah. And Rhino went out that day. He never hit fourth. He always hit you know, second or third. And uh, Sandberg hit two home runs and drove in five. Yeah. Unfortunately, we, we, though, the kid called for a bullpen change, I think, for a reliever <laughs> in the eighth inning. It didn't work out, and the fans <laughs> lambasted the kid. It's unbelievable. You talk about Philadelphia fans being like Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, by the way, that Blackhawk puck, one of our emailers, wants to know, is there an extra charge to get Eric Nestorinko's picture on the back? <laughs> no no not, extra charge. We'll, not, we'll throw that in for free. Not possible. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and, again, a great, great – we've gotten some things before, Joe, what, with the baseball ones, and we've gotten some uh, uh, bats. We, you even sent us one, Bob, back in the day, I recall, the actual dirt. Yeah, from Wrigley Field, big, and it was glass and clay. I've never yep, seen dirt look so beautiful. He took dirt on the infield. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of those 675 jobs that I've had over my career. Yeah. I, I'm I was actually looking at that right now. For a day. Speak, Bob. Uh, what's that? I'm actually looking at that particular plaque right now with the infield dirt right there. With, really? Uh, that was, uh, it was taken from second base, right. and it was right around where it was the Sandberg plaque, if I remember. Well, right. I remember looking at it. it was the exactly. Yeah, it was the one we did with Sandberg when he went in the Hall of Fame. And it was under Major League Baseball supervision. They actually go out and collected dirt, and we we would put on these pucks. We put we throw some ice in there, but that thing's going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't put some of Duncan uh, Keith's teeth in there. Oh, listen, 
that would be an exclusive. You know, could you imagine having the seventeenth that he lost, <laughs> being the dentist and, and and having just a piece? That would be the ultimate trophy for a Blackhawks fan to actually have a little, a little piece of the tooth in there, right? Yeah, if you like, I remember somebody paid like a hundred bucks for Louis Gonzalez's gum like ten years ago for dunking teeth. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, had a guy, I, a I, had, I, I got a buddy of mine who actually has a hair sample from Lou Gehrig. Wow. Now, that's worth something. Wow. I bet it's nice. And it, 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 was a, it, was, uh, it was tested for DNA, and it was put on a sports trading card, and they inserted it into the card. <laughs> and, I mean, well, you know, it's crazy what people collect, you know? Oh, goodness. Well, the, be- the beautiful thing about what you are uh, over the years have done, in this case, the commemorative hockey puck, is you get to purchase this as a great gift for yourself, Father's Day, for your kid, whatever. Yep. But the, the beautiful part about it is it's a charitable donation to a great charity to make a wish. Yeah, we've raised, like I said, almost $2 million for make a wish. They're just yep. a great group. And it costs, you know, we're trying to get, like I said, uh, on these two, about 20 wishes. Uh, between the two ball clubs, and I really hope that folks listening in today uh, will go ahead and uh, consider this as a really cool gift. It's only thirty nine ninety five, mm-hmm. and you'll get a, it, there's two beautiful pucks. These are I want to point out these are official uh, hockey pucks yeah. that uh, are made by Sherwood Hockey, and they're the official hockey puck of the mm-hmm. NHL. So this is not a knockoff. These are real NHL hockey pucks that they put information and laser and printed right on mm-hmm. the on the sides of the hockey puck. So they really are sharp looking. They're colorful with the logos of both teams, and you can get the the set, uh, the two hockey pucks for the Blackhawks, or you can get a separate set, the two hockey pucks for the Flyers. And again, that number you can call or order these is one eight hundred three four five two eight six eight, or just go on to the website at nikosports.com and order them there. N i k c o sports.com. And uh, you can see them right there, and it's yeah. real convenient how you can order them. And tell if them, I remember, Bob, you typically you have a limited number of stuff. So yeah, this is only five. Yeah, there's five. Thousand, I should right. point that out. Yeah, you're exactly right. There's only five thousand of these being made Uh-oh. for each team. Uh oh. Okay, so people need to get on that like yeah. immediately. There's a little urgency there because once these sell out, they will they will not make any more of these. It'll be a special collector's. That 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 you know drives up the price of these. I remember we did the Penguins last year when they won the cup, and we had a separate puck that had Sidney Crosby on it, and we made 5,000 of them. And uh, I saw those going recently. Those sold for, uh, I think those were forty nine ninety five at the mm-hmm. time. And I saw a couple of them online not too long ago going for a couple hundred dollars a piece. There you, there you go. Let that be a lesson to all the young kids out there. When you call up, by the way, or email in for info mention. Mention you heard Bob here on the Two Guys in a Mic show. You won't get any discounts. You don't need to. Thirty nine ninety five for a great cause, but it will help boost our uh, our egos a little bit. So mention the Two Guys in a Mic show just so Bob knows we were listening. Okay, Bob, we appreciate it as always. Great stuff, uh, and uh, again, thank you so much for working for such an outstanding organization. If you hear any other leagues that uh, looking for a new owner. I would, my particular sports wish, I'd love to, to own a league. So if you hear any for sale, let me know. Well, I'll tell you what, we're expanding next year to an, uh, one more city. Uh-oh. And uh, if you guys are interested in owning a ball club, uh, let me know. We, we, we can give you a good price. I'd prefer to own a league, but if we have to, Joe, a ball club's not bad. 
I, I can I can be the mascot. I don't know about the owner, Bob. I, I have to think about my actual limitations. Well, you could do you could do both. You could own the team and you be could the own mascot. The, you could be the George Steinbrenner of the uh, Continental Baseball League. <laughs> All right, Bob. Best of luck. Thank you again. Okay, Coach and Big Doug. You guys have have a great day. Okay, right, you too. For there sure, he Bob. is, Bye-bye great now. guy. Always enthusiastic. Very knowledgeable on sports. And seriously, these gifts are uh, very cool. Very, very cool. They're well done. And, again, the great part about it for a uh, a good cause. Big Dog, if you were uh, 10 years old, 11 years old, and you were granted a sports wish, hate to put you on the spot, but that's my job as a uh, award-winning sports talk host. What would the one thing? Uh... There's there's no doubt. I would still want to do it today. Maybe it actually might, I might have some other wishes, but probably uh, go to a tryout of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. <laughs> When I was 10, I was a little bit of a pervert, so uh, I would probably would have said that. But actually what I would want to do is, without a doubt, I, I would have done it at Comiskey Park, too, but I likely would have rather done it at Wrigley Field, but be able to take batting practice at a uh, major league stadium mm-hmm. and uh, just to see how I would do. You know, just see if I can hit a couple of line drives into the outfield or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, without a doubt, I would. That's when I was a kid. I would have loved to take yeah. him batting practice. And that's the First kind of, and, that, and that's one that uh, Make a Wish Foundation could probably make happen, right? I mean, yeah. Well, not... obviously, if the kid had uh, hopefully the ability to actually go out there yes. and, and take batting practice, Make yes. a Wish is phenomenal, yep. Coach. It, it's really phenomenal. You know, and I, and you know, I've actually like I want to be able to donate my time. So I was like, hey, I'll do that. You know, the the bachelor auction. You know, I did that, but it ended up being my cousin bidding on bidding on me, and I really didn't want to go on a date with him. So <laughs> that backfired big time, Coach. Yeah, completely so. understood. All right, our, our phone number here if you want to check in. we got a couple of minutes left. Last-minute thoughts, Big Dog and the Coach, 888-463-6748. A somewhat chagrined producer extraordinaire, David Olson, who's doing battle right now with the phone lines. And right now, as best can tell, the phone lines are winning. <laughs> it's not over yet. It's a 15-round fight, but uh, David looks a little punch drunk. His manager is about to throw in the towel. The fight might be over, but uh, give us a call, 888-463-6748. Big Dog Indy 500 coming up this weekend. French Open going on as we speak, and uh, there's a new tennis champion in NCAAs. I don't know if you're aware or not, but Stanford won the national championship last night. Uh, I don't know how those kids were able to, uh, you know, get through all the disadvantages they have going to Stanford in order to, to win the, the tennis. Stanford, uh, Stanford wins every year, right? Well, Stanford women, the men, okay. USC won. The Stanford women, you're, you're on your game. You're up on your NCAA tennis. Of the last 29 national championships, Stanford has won 16 of them. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically, yeah, I hear it's like, it's like Hopkins and lacrosse, coach. Mm-hmm. That's you pretty just know what's going to happen. Pretty impressive. What about the Indy 500 coming up this weekend with your injuries? Now, are you uh, will you be homebound and not able to attend? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going anywhere right now. As, as banged up as I am, I, I definitely cannot walk around, uh, a, you know, and, and party on the infield like I was going to need to need to do. So I, I think I'm going to be homebound. As a matter of fact, the White Sox game starts in like five minutes, and I, I don't think I'm going to be able to get off the couch to actually change the channel, coach. I still got one of those dial TVs. I was going to say so. there is a new product in the market. It's called a remote control. <laughs> well, I don't know where it is. So I'm not getting up and trying to find it. <laughs> so whatever comes up on the TV, you're watching, huh? Yeah. So right now it's going to be Rachel Ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you t- tell you what. Tune into the TalkZone.com. We got a great show coming up next. Winning Wednesdays, right today, uh, Dave? On Wednesday. See, I got it right this time. Okay. And then after that, I think there's a financial show followed by a sex advice show. 
and then there's another sports. So we got all kinds of things in the talk zone. You could. We got an answer jam packed day today because uh, coming up at noon we got barely legal. There you go. Robin Earl and David Spada. They're going to have on uh, Sox legend Billy Pierce. See that? And uh, so Jesse Rogers to report on the Blackhawks. And then at four uh, on the Fan Cave with Tom Morgan and Phil Rogers, we're going to have on Joel Murray. Uh, Bill Murray's brother, and he's going to be talking about their new film, Ballhawks. Wow. Which is a documentary about the uh, guys that are out there on Waveland shagging balls. Okay. Yeah, and I hope they're making fun of those guys because I'm a diehard <laughs> Cub fan. Those are the type of Cub fans that, that need to go. <laughs> you might need to call in at 4 o'clock. It could be interesting. Yeah, I love the Cubs. Then watch the game. You're out, in the, you're out on the street paying no attention to the game. Okay? If you really were, if you love the Cubs, you'd actually be in front of a television or in the park. I knew that. I'm a jerk. I knew that would get you going. Bottom line is, Big Doe, you don't need the TV today. Sit back and enjoy all that thetalkzone.com has to offer. I will, Coach. (laughs) I will. I'll just stay on the phone and listen. All right. All seriousness. Thanks for coming on today. Rest up and uh, mend. Hopefully, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, David Olson, our producer. Great job as always. Bob Ibach. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll do it again. Ten o'clock tomorrow. Sports talk and more. Two guys and a mic. Have a great day.